vendetta against the environment movement. As I think Bob Brown said, uh, it is very much a witch hunt, which is seeking to um, find reasons uh, why uh, the tax status might be removed from groups. There has been under attack um, in such a systemic way for simply, you know, building capacity and talking about non-violence seems a little bit ironic. This is Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast on the community radio network around Australia. We are bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Jem Rommeld. There's been a green witch hunt going on. The federal government has put environmental defenders under the microscope with a House of Representatives inquiry into their tax status, which allows about 600 environmental organisations to receive tax-deductible donations. The committee's intention has been to delegitimise the role of advocacy in protecting the environment, preferring that groups plant trees instead of campaign to stop new coal mines, for example. The inquiry recently conducted hearings over several days, grilling organisations such as Friends of the Earth, Environment Victoria and the Australian Conservation Foundation in Melbourne's Parliament House. A rally on the steps of Parliament brought people together from across the Green Movement in support of the important and challenging work keeping a lid on the constant expansion of extractive industries at the cost of our health, forests, oceans and the entire climate. On this week's show, we'll speak with Cam Walker from Friends of the Earth, Nicola Paris from Counteract, and we'll hear some of the speakers from the rally in September 2015. My name's Cam Walker. I'm Campaign's Coordinator with Friends of the Earth. Fantastic. And can you please outline for me, Cam, the work that Friends of the Earth does? Friends of the Earth is a national environmental organisation. We're part of Friends of the Earth International, which is active in more than 75 countries. And we tend to work across the key environmental issues, both at the local level and the national level. And some of our key campaigns include anti-nuclear and clean energy, of course, uh, our emerging technology project, our climate change work, and a great deal of work around biodiversity, indigenous rights, water and chemicals. Great. So that's a huge range of issues. And... um There's been a bit of news lately uh, because of the House of Representatives' inquiry into the tax status of green groups. Can you please give us an outline of what that inquiry is and a a brief timeline of when this began? So uh, this inquiry obviously has to sit in a a broader and more complex understanding of the federal politics at play in Australia – Until recently, we've had a Prime Minister who very much doesn't like environmental groups and some key players in his Cabinet who don't like environmental groups. They're very closely aligned with the Institute of Public Affairs, which is a a right-wing think tank which has long argued since at least 2005 that um, environmental groups should lose their government funding and then later on argued that environmental groups perhaps should lose their tax status. Um, That has been, uh, as a concept, um, championed very strongly also by the coal and resources sector. Mm. So all those interests came together and it was announced by the Federal Environment Minister, as we understand it, after representatives of the mining industry made the suggestion to the government that there would be an investigation into the tax status of environmental organisations. There's uh, close to 700 groups which are on a thing called the Register of Environmental Organisations and to be listed on that is what gives you the right to be able to issue tax-deductible receipts to people should they give you a donation. So uh, tax-deductibility is really the lifeblood of environmental groups like Friends of the Earth but pretty much any large environmental group you can think of. 
Mm. We see this as an attempt to silence us by making us nervous about us losing our tax status. And um, that's been played out in the hearing. So there's been conversation uh, that's been put forward by members of the committee and other commentators in the government that Green Group shouldn't be allowed to do advocacy and they should be limited to just working on what they call practical projects such as planting trees. Mm. And how has this impacted on the work of Friends of the Earth so far? It, it must have taken up at least a lot of time in the past it's few taken months. Up months. Um, we've been victim of a, a bit of a harassment campaign by some media outlets and also by some resource companies, and that harassment in the media led to a, a tax office investigation and it led to a federal environment department investigation. Both, in both of those instances, we were found to be absolutely compliant with the law, but they were attempting, uh, these media outlets were attempting to suggest we were doing things that were untoward with how we managed our, our finances. That took months of work, and now we've got the inquiry, which has taken also months of work. And if you think of that across the board, you know, there are dozens of environmental groups that have been called before the hearings. One of the key members of the committee is a LNP uh, member of parliament from North Queensland who is on the public record as calling environmentalists terrorists and mm. maggots. So you can imagine how uh, friendly he is in the hearings. Mm. And he and the others, or some of the other Conservative members of the committee, uh, it's quite clear to me that they're seeking to get, in effect, ammunition with which to attack us with um, once the committee reports back, probably in early December. So um, it's been a fishing exercise to get information to explain why Green Group should lose their tax status. Mm. It's taken up months of work. It's, it's led to incredible stress, as you can imagine. Um, and it's taken us away from our work, which is actually to protect the natural environment. So there's a little bit of irony in, in there. In the morning they will come, silhouettes in the rising sun. Lock the gate, lock the gate, lock the gate. With a mine and company, nothing ever comes for free. So lock the gate, lock the gate, lock the gate. Nicola Paris, coordinator of Counteract. Great, thanks Nicola for joining Earth Matters. Could you please give us an outline of what Counteract does? Counteract provides training and support to environmental activists around the country. So we um, do a lot of work with uh, more grassroots groups who are looking to build their capacity to participate in peaceful protest and uh, non-violent activism, um, as well as with other broader tools uh, like a campaign strategy, media, lobbying, um, helping people with a range of skills, essentially so they can uh, try and create change for themselves. And you've been involved in this House of Representatives inquiry into the tax status of environment groups, and you were there at the hearing um, in at the Victorian Parliament House on Monday. Can you tell me how this has affected Counteract? Certainly. Um, yeah, it's been um, it's been a real drain, um, as it was I'm sure, I'm sure intended to do. So um, when this uh, inquiry was uh, raised, probably six months ago now, um, you know the environment movement was very much aware that um, it was a strategic move by the government, not just to paint uh, environmentalists. Um, as you know, as the enemy um, and, a, and an ideological battle, but um, but also to to uh, to take up time and resources, and certainly that's what it's done for me. Um, I um, I work part time, and I have uh, some volunteers that I work with on occasion, but um, it's been incredibly time consuming, um, and uh, to have been under attack um, in such a uh, systemic way for simply you know 
building capacity and talking about non-violence seems a little bit ironic. And how do you think it went on on Monday? What was it uh, that you were telling the committee and how did they receive it? There didn't seem to be as coordinated a response from the government in terms of um, asking the questions that I was potentially expecting. I was expecting a more hostile response. However, I have um, noticed uh, since then that, uh, you know, that they've they've made a point of asking other organisations if they have worked with uh, Counteract or worked with myself. So they're they're still interested in my work and I'm not sure uh, why they missed the opportunity to have a go at me themselves. Um, Mm. But uh, I'm grateful it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Uh, how were you planning to respond to the to the grillings if they had have come on Monday? I'm sorry to take you back there. <laughs> well, uh, it was it was quicker than uh, they actually finished our session early, which was interesting because George Christensen later um, had a, a, a Twitter exchange with me where he he said that he had a list of questions that he wanted to ask me, um, but um, mm. I, I did let him know that I was there and he could have asked them at the time. Uh, so I'm not sure if he was just asleep on the job. Mm. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, it's really important that the committee uh, actually sees environmentalists uh, and de- and organisations that support them for providing, like, a really important uh, public service role. Um, it's certainly not one that should come under attack. And uh, I wanted to talk about the kind of communities that I support and why I support them. Um, I can give one good example uh, of of a community who is considering civil disobedience activities, um, uh, not one who I've worked with, but one that's been in the media recently. So the Shenua coal mine in uh, New South Wales, which is proposed um, to essentially destroy a massive uh, food bowl area, um, the young farmers that, uh, that live there uh, and are planning on you know, staying there for generations have said that they will um, uh, get involved in civil disobedience uh, if if they need to, if the mine is approved and goes ahead. Uh, and I think that the point of that is that, um, uh, that's interesting to note, is that, that Barnaby Joyce, who was Agricultural Minister at the time, actually said that he didn't support the mine, uh, thought it was a ridiculous place for a mine. Um, and the fact that, you know, someone who is um, supposedly a power holder in the ruling government can have no influence on uh, a decision to give a, a mainly uh, foreign-owned uh, company um, uh, the rights to, to dig up, you know, the food bowl um, and food producing areas uh, that are vital for everyone in this country. Um, you know, it, it, it's a stark contrast and it shows why the kinds of people who are participating in civil disobedience uh, across the country uh, are different um, in the last few years um, because they've been left with no other choice. And why do you think that some groups seem to be targeted and particularly faux being grilled for an hour? Um, who do you think isn't being targeted? Well, obviously the Institute of Public Affairs, which is also DGR listed, is not being subjected to an investigation. Um, obviously uh, many of the political think tanks associated with the political parties are not being investigated or the tax status of religious institutions and churches. It's very telling that out of all the entities that are public benevolent funds or charities or you know, institutions that you uh, can actually donate to and, and receive tax receipts uh, for 
your your purposes in terms of deductions. We're the only ones that are being investigated on a sector-wide basis. So I think uh, that, that adds credence to the suggestion that this is a vendetta against the environment movement. As I think Bob Brown said, uh, it is very much a witch hunt, which is seeking to um, find reasons uh, why uh, the tax status might be removed from groups. And it's very telling that that key member of the committee who I mentioned before, uh, George Christensen, um, in the hearings in Brisbane actually tweeted on the day that he uh, pretty much knew what the outcome would be, which was a number of groups who were presenting on that day would end up losing their tax status. Now, that is an astonishing breach um, mm. of process. You know, these hearings are costing many, many thousands of dollars to fly entire committees right around the country, you know, and groups are putting mm. in time, uh, you know, and effort and treating this process with respect. And that's an incredible level of disrespect. Mm. To his credit, the chair of the committee, uh, Alex Hawke, pulled Mr Christensen into line. But I think that's kind of indicative of the thinking that exists um, that uh, within some parts of the Conservative Federal Coalition, and it really does uh, make a mockery of this process that groups are committing so much time and effort to. This is Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri land and broadcast across the continent on the Community Radio Network. We're hearing from some of the environmental defenders who've been under the harsh microscope of the House of Reps' inquiry into the tax status of environmental organisations, determined to cripple the movements that get in the way of the next quick mining buck. I'm the National Director at the Australian Youth Climate Coalition, Environmental Defenders today. And for those of you who don't know, the AYCC is building a movement of young people to solve the climate crisis before it's too late. Because we recognise it's our generation that will inherit the consequences of the decisions made today. And we need to hold the leaders in government and business to account. So we believe that we need a movement of people to do that and that's exactly what we are here today. And the AYCC has more than 120,000 people across the country and thousands of young people in schools and universities and regional towns. Um, but I am here today because we are celebrating the places we love and I want to take a moment instead to celebrate the people who are protecting the places we love. And that is every single one of you and tens and tens of thousands more all across this country who are standing up day in, day out for a safe climate. Um, just this weekend, we had communities across Victoria uniting to make Victoria gas-filled free. Can I get a clap for that? And we've had thousands, millions of Australians put solar on their house and start building community renewables from the bottom up. Can I get a round of applause for that? And the divestment movement that is getting... Um, business after business and council after council, university after university to move their money out of the fossil fuel industry that is polluting our planet and destroying our future. Can I get a round of applause for that? Yeah. And for the incredible diversity of groups that have come together to draw in a line in the sand and say no to the Galilee Basin, one of the world's largest fossil fuel reserves, and say enough is enough. We are not going to stand by while the Galilee Basin is opened and coal is shipped out of the Great Barrier Reef. This has been an incredible diversity of groups come together from traditional owners to reef operators to community groups all across the country. Um, pretty much every organisation standing before you is working on this. And um, young people, week in, week out, 
have been outside banks making sure they don't invest in this project with our friends at 350 and Market Forces. And we're winning, right? Yeah. Like we are winning. When we come together, we are powerful and we are literally changing the course of history. We're getting out of fossil fuels and investing in renewable energy solutions that are just and sustainable. And that is what the Minerals Council and the fossil fuel industry is scared of. That is why we are being attacked. That is why we're being called into these hearings trying to reduce the power of our movement to organise and advocate and create the world that we want to live in. So I just want to say thank you for winning, thank you for building this power and keep on going. Mm, yeah, and do you think that's part of the reasoning behind the inquiry as the government's seen, I guess, the, the idea of civil disobedience gain more mainstream traction and more of the unlikely suspects coming out to lock themselves onto machinery and fences you know, largely through the coal seam gas campaign across um, across Australia, I guess. Do you think that's um, part of the timing of this inquiry? Yeah, definitely. I think it's. Um, I think it's definitely. Um, it was definitely an ideological attack. Um, the government, you know, simply, um, you know, uh, hates um, uh, environmentalists and what they stand for. It seems, or certain aspects of the government do. Um, and, um, you know, particularly in, in the far north, um, you know, George Christensen has, um, um, you know, been absolutely um, outrageous in the, the accusations that he's thrown um, towards, you know, you know, nice, uh, respectable grannies who, you know, simply want to, you know, sign petitions are, are terrorists in his mind. Mm. Um, but I do think that they are seen, um, and the... The, the fact that we saw the submissions coming in um, out of more than 10,000 submissions, I think there's only around 25 uh, in support of um, changes and further scrutiny um, on environmental organisations. And, you know, the, the, the main ones are from the mining industry. They're the ones that are concerned um, and they are the ones that cite the work of myself, Lock the Gate, Greenpeace uh, and people that are working with um, communities who are, you know, facing down... Uh, destructive uh, extraction projects uh, of fossil fuels, and and so you know obviously there, there is um, you know there is a mining uh, agenda in this. Uh, that's pretty obvious. Mm, for sure, and I know it's taken up so much time and effort and um, and work to be prepared for this inquiry. Um, do you think anything positive has come out of it so far? I think what has been positive is that actually some of the environment groups have, um, you know, have worked together really constructively, um, and so that's great. Um, there was a rally on the steps of Parliament on Monday, um, and that was, um, you know, coordinated by a range of the groups, um, myself included, and it has been it has been great to see people um, pull together. And and what has actually been really really great is to see that even the more conservative organisations. Um, have refused to condemn, um, you know, the range of tactics that are used uh, in the movement um, and uh, the government hasn't been able to wedge uh, the movement in that way. And so I think that is, um, you know, is a really uh, good uh, indicator of, you know, a, a movement that's maybe maturing and realising that, um, you know, everyone has a place to play and uh, those of us that support people um, to do peaceful protests certainly shouldn't be marginalised. You just heard from Kirsty Albion of the Australian Youth Climate Coalition and Nicola Paris from Counteract. 
Now, Mark Wakem from Environment Victoria will introduce Ian Onley, a farmer from Gormandale who has been standing up to the gas fracking industry. Lock the gate, lock the gate, lock the gate. Keep that gas in the ground, pulsing gas in the ground. Lock the gate, now I'd like to introduce uh, a farmer from a small town in Gippsland called Gormandale. Um, Ian Onley um, lives in Gormandale and I first met him a couple of years ago um, we travelled to um, Gormandale to talk to the local community um, about a very large coal exploration licence that exists in their region and to highlight that we were really worried that the previous state government, um, the, the then Bayou government, was planning a coal allocation. Um, and it was... It's a, this is work that environment groups do, Friends of the Earth does it, Lock the Gate does it, Many environment groups do this kind of work. Unfortunately, we are often the bearers of really bad news for communities that their land is covered by exploration licences, that their land is covered by mining licences, and that governments have plans to dig up their homes, create new damaging, polluting industries, and they haven't even bothered to talk to the local landowners. So I now introduce you to Ian Onley, who's done, done fantastic work with the, in the community of Gormandale and with Lock the Gate and others to defend that area. And we have delayed indefinitely a coal allocation in Gippsland. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Isn't it great to see so many great people here? Look, I want to talk today about how important groups like Friends of the Earth and Environment Victoria have been to farmers with the coal seam gas and coal allocations that are covering most of Victoria at the moment. To get farmers together is to fight something is a, is a huge job. They're very independent sort of people. They're wor used to working alone. And if it wasn't for Friends of the Earth and Environment Victoria and other environmental groups, we would have been just picked off one by one very easily. And I, I think the government and companies well know that and that's that's the uh, that's the mode they work by when we when we looked at what we had facing us it was a monumental task to fight it but when as said before when everyone gets together it's just so much easier and that's that's the way they want to keep us divided so Thank you everyone for coming out today and helping us with our fight to keep, keep our environment healthy so we can keep producing good, healthy food. It's so important to everyone. Governments have shown time and time again that they can't get things right. We see all the time blunders. Things like the Latrobe River bursting its banks into the Yalorn open cut mine not so long ago, and taxpayers having to front up and throw more money in to fix it. And the environmental groups, who are the watchdogs, now they want to silence us so they can make more blunders. It's not on. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming along. Particularly from our perspective, a really important time because 
in November, December this year. We have the Global Climate Negotiations in Paris, and this really is a make-or-break event. And then we, more locally, are right in the middle of the, the crux time in decision-making around coal projects in the Galilee Basin uh, in central Queensland. So mm. you have to wonder about the timing of this. Uh, clearly, uh, if you're being investigated and if you've got the potential to lose 90 to 95% of your income, how is that going to impact on you? It's going to make you very nervous and it's going to make you very cautious. Mm. So, you know, it's hard not to think that perhaps one of the reasons for the timing of this investigation was just to keep us busy and looking over our shoulders and feeling perhaps a little bit more timid than we might otherwise be at a really pivotal time in those two key issues. Mm. Do you think Friends of the Earth will be impacted in the next... Uh, six months because of this inquiry? Well, we're very clear we need to do what we're doing. You know, we can't be cowed by this uh, because otherwise this really clearly ideological uh, attack on Green Groups wins. So we need to keep doing what we're doing. I won't pretend I'm not nervous. You know, this this for months was waking me up during the investigations just because it was so stressful. Mm. I wish I could be spending my time out there protecting the environment rather than having to, you know, uh, play a defence strategy against um, right-wing ideologues in the federal government. But it's just the reality we've got. Um, you know, we will keep doing what we need to do. This is a pivotal time in the Australian uh, environment, particularly around Galilee Basin. And we'll just need, you know, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. But these are very, very dangerous days for environmental groups. And now that that session is over, do you think you'll be able to get back to, you know, the vital work that you do? Or is this going to continue to take up your time? Well, look, I hope so. Um, I'm looking forward to, yeah, to getting along with the job um, and uh, doing some work with, um, yeah, with, with groups around the country. I think that there is, um, there's a lot to do uh, and um, there, there should be, you know, hopefully some interesting um, and exciting activities coming up in the lead up to uh, the mobilisations um, highlighting concerns around Paris and the, and the climate uh, negotiations in November. So uh, looking forward to just getting back to work and, um, uh, you know, if the government's actually not going to look after the environment, I'd rather work with the people that are. So um, looking forward to just getting back into it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nicola Paris from Counteract for talking with Earth Matters on 3CR. Now, many environment organisations await the findings of the inquiry later in the year to see how far this witch hunt is prepared to go. After many stressful months of preparation and self-defence, hopefully many good folk can get back to the necessary task ahead of turning this capitalist extraction ship around and working for environmental and social justice. Thank you to Nicola Paris and Cam Walker. You can support Counteract and Friends of the Earth's work with, currently, tax-deductible donations. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their current financial support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you, our listeners. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria and broadcast all across these precious and stolen lands we call Australia. You can call us up on 03 9419 8377 and our email address is earthmatters3cr at our podcasts can be found at 3cr.org.au. And the music you've heard on this show is Mining Man and Who's Got a Padlock and Chain by The Lurkers. I'm Jem Rommeld. Thanks for listening. Till next time.
Who's got a padlock and chain? Who's got a padlock and chain? Locking on tight to that Coltrane tonight. Tell me who's got a padlock and chain? For wool and gone people do you dread? Yes, wool and gone people do you dread? That sound up on the hill, yes, that's Peabody's drill. Cracking through your drinking river bed. Yes, Peabody's digging up that coal. The Peabody's digging up that coal. Gonna lie down on the track and make pull all the coal back. Cause nobody should be digging up coal. Who's got a padlock and chain now? Who's got a padlock and chain? Locking on tight to that coal train tonight. Tell me who's got a padlock and chain? I'll name you their leader in crime. He's CEO with Peabody Mines. Mr. Gregory H. Boyce, he's the leader of choice. For his greed will make him pay in time. We'll be standing in court one day. We'll be standing in court one fine day. We'll hear the judge's voice say, Mr. G.H. Boyce, for your crimes, you now must pay. Who's got a padlock and chain? Tell me. Who's got a padlock and chain? Locking on tight to that coal train tonight. Tell me who's got a padlock and chain? 